0: Into of the podcast from Mount Hope's Belmont campus in Belmont, Massachusetts. My name is Brian and I pastor that location and it's good to talk to you again. Have you ever had something happen in your life that caused you to question everything you thought you knew and could trust? Today as we continue our journey through the Gospel of John, we are going to meet a man who grew up a certain way, found great success and yet had something happen in his life that caused him to question everything he knew and understood. We're going to see how Jesus responds to him, and we're going to find out what it means for us. So I hope you enjoy this, and I hope you listen closely, because I believe that God has something he would like to say to you. There is something that happens, something that happens, and it starts really young. It starts really early. But there is something that happens in my life and in your life, and I'm not sure exactly when it starts. I'm not sure how old we are when this starts to take place, but it starts when we're really young and it doesn't end uh, ever that I know of. I haven't found the end of it yet. And that is very young in our lives. Something starts to happen where we start to look around a room. It could be a classroom it could be a group of friends, it could be the playground, and then it becomes boardrooms and office spaces, churches even. And we look around and we know, we know, don't we? We know who is part of the in-group and who is out, don't we? And it starts really young, starts real young, this whole dynamic. I coach, I shouldn't say I coach, I am the assistant coach, one of two assistant coaches on my daughter's under six years old soccer team. So you can imagine how that goes. There are seven girls and three coaches, and we don't have enough coaches, I can tell you that. (laughs) There's seven girls that just follow a soccer ball around the field, and that's how it goes. But we were in a game last week, and uh, it it was quite a game. You probably read about it in the paper. But we were in a game last week, and uh, there's a girl on our team who's, who's the best. Her name's Caitlin Krogh. No, it's not, it's not Caitlin. <laughs> we have a girl on our team who's really good at soccer, really good. And, uh, and then there was a girl on the other team, and she was really good, too. And it was clear that they're the two best soccer players. You know, there's a big difference. Some kids have never touched a soccer ball before at five or six years old, and others, maybe they have over, older siblings, and they know how to play. And so these two girls were battling and and early on in the game, the one girl from the other team, she stole the ball and she dribbled through everybody and she got ahead of everybody and she ran down and she scored and she turned and she looked back at the girl on my team and she said these words, I thought you said you were good. I don't know when it happens, but it happens early. When we start to decide who is in and who is out, right? I mean, I, you know how it goes. I know how it goes. Um, we, we know who is in and who is out. When I was, when I was in high school... Uh, I did. I was involved with drama and musical theater, and I have tried to destroy every copy of me playing Joseph and Joseph in the Amazing Tender Dream Dreamcoat in high school. But somehow my mom keeps finding those. And I'll tell you one thing: when I would, when I was with the music group, when I was with the music group, I knew that I was in. I was in that group. But I got to tell you, if you want to be in in high school musical theater, is a poor choice. And so when we walked out of the music room, we knocked out of it. It was clear we were out. We were. The The Outsiders. Uh, in high school. And we know that dynamic. That dynamic doesn't leave us. We know who is in and who is out. And if there's a chance to be in, we want to be in, right? That's why our keychains uh, have more of those little tiny plastic cards with barcodes on them than they do keys. Because everyone has a club and there's so many things to join. And if there's an opportunity to join, we want to be in. We want to be in the club. We'll pay $50 or $60 a year just so we can buy toilet paper in bulk because we want to be in the club. And we'll pay $100 a year or even now $120 a year just to have packages delivered to our doorstep in two days because we want to be in the club. We want to be in. And that doesn't just affect how we shop, and it doesn't just affect school, and it doesn't just affect the workplace, and it doesn't just affect church bodies. But when people come to the idea of religion, this is a big question, isn't it? In fact, some people reject church completely because of this question. Some people want nothing to do with any sort of religion because of this issue right here. And this is how we might state it. If God and heaven are real, if God and heaven are real, then the big question is who is in and who is out? If God and heaven are real, this is the big question we have to deal with. Who is in and who is out? I'll tell you this most people that believe God is real and most people that believe heaven is real believe that they are in. Most of us think we're in. Whatever, wherever we come from, whatever background you're from, whatever you think about God. But if we walked out on the street and we found random people and we said, do you think God is real? And they said, yes. And we said, do you think heaven is a place? And they said, well, I hope that it is. And then we asked them the question, well, if God's real and heaven's real, do you think you're going to get in? We would be hard pressed to find people who said no. People might say to us, well, I haven't lived the best life ever, but I think You know, God knows my intentions, he knows I'm trying to be a good person, and I think at the end of the day, I would make the cut. It's difficult to find people who truly believe they're out. We think that we are in. And this morning, we're going to look at the story of a man who grew up believing that when it came to the things of God, he was in, and he had good reasons to think so. But something happens in his life that causes him to question it all, causes him to wonder if maybe he's actually out. And as we look at his story and his struggle with who is in and who is out, I think we're going to learn something great about God and something that we can apply to our lives as well. Here's how this story begins. This man's story is found in John chapter 3, and here's how it starts. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. We're going to pause there for a moment. This man named Nicodemus comes to Jesus in the nighttime. In Nicodemus, we learn in just one verse is about as in-culturally and religiously at the time as you can be. So he is a Pharisee living in Jerusalem. And if you're not familiar with what the Pharisees are, the Pharisees were the people that were in charge of the law. So the Jewish people had this law from God. And you can find it in the Old Testament. You can find it in the first five books of the Bible. The Jewish people had this law that was from God that they were supposed to obey. And they had created all these other rules out around the law that people were supposed to follow. And people like the Pharisees were the people who made sure everyone followed the rules, and that was Nicodemus. So Nicodemus was an insider in more ways than one. First of all, he was an insider because of his, his birthright. Nicodemus was born an Israelite, born a Jew, part of God's chosen people, part of the in-group. And not only was he born into that culturally He was also a Pharisee and religiously someone who was very important. We learn later that Nicodemus was also a part of a group, an even more exclusive group known as the Sanhedrin, served a little bit like the Supreme Court of its day, where the biggest cases and the biggest issues of the law came to the Sanhedrin to be decided. So Nicodemus was a Jewish leader, a Pharisee and judge over the law and also part of the Sanhedrin. And so as far as being an insider with God, you can't get more inside than Nicodemus. Who he was when he was born, who he is culturally and religiously, Nicodemus is in. But when we find Nicodemus here, he's having a little bit of a struggle internally because he grew up hearing that he was in and he always thought he was in. But now there's this guy, Jesus, And he's messing everything up for Nicodemus because Nicodemus was sure that God loved him and that he was in with God, that he was an insider. And now here's this guy, Jesus, who's an outsider, who's coming and doing all sorts of miracles and signs. And Nicodemus in his head is saying, this man could not do these things unless he was from God. And if he's from God, then maybe I'm not as inside as I I always thought. And so Nicodemus comes to Jesus at night. I don't think that's an accident. The city is busy. It's Passover. It's a huge celebration. Thousands and thousands of people are in Jerusalem. If people saw a Pharisee coming and asking Jesus a question, it would have been a bad deal. So Nicodemus comes at night, and he almost asks Uh, He almost asks like when someone goes to a counselor and says, you know, I have this friend who's really struggling with with this. Nicodemus comes to Jesus and he says, you know, we, we, we all have this question about you. We see the signs that you're doing and we're wondering whether or not you're from God because no one could do the things you were doing if you weren't from God and everything's messed up inside Nicodemus' head. You ever had this happen in your life where you've trusted something? You've put your faith in something. You've trusted in something. And something happens in life that just messes it all up. causes you to question all the things you thought were true, all the things you thought were right. That's where Nicodemus is right here. And so he comes to Jesus and asks this question, and this is what Jesus says back to him. life. Now, I know that's a complicated answer. I know that there's a lot in there. So what is it that Jesus is saying to Nicodemus? Jesus looks back at Nicodemus when Nicodemus says, Jesus, you know, we, me and, you know, mostly other people have a question for you. We're wondering, are you from God because you're doing these signs? And it doesn't seem that, that you could be doing these signs unless you were from God. And all my my fellow Pharisee friends are telling me that you're not from God, but I see the signs that you're doing, Jesus. I see what's happening. And I need to know whether or not you are from God. Are you from God? And Jesus says back to him, Nicodemus, you have a need, and your need is to be born again. Another way the same Greek words could be translated is, Nicodemus, you have a need, and you need to be born from above Now that's a phrase, being born again, that if you're familiar with the church, if you're familiar with with certain kinds of churches, that's a phrase that gets used very broadly. So you might hear about people being called born again Christians or you might go to a church service and the pastor says you need to be born again. We use that term very broadly and it's a good term to use. But for Nicodemus, Jesus was actually saying something very specific. Jesus goes to many people throughout the Gospel of John, a number of people, and calls them to follow him. He only tells one person that they need to be born again. So next week we'll be in John chapter 4, and there'll be another person that Jesus calls to follow him. But he doesn't say that, this, that she needs to be born again. He says it specifically to Nicodemus. So why Nicodemus? Well, when somebody... Would convert to Judaism when someone would be would go from whatever they were before and and convert and become a Jewish proselyte. The rabbis would say to them, You need to come and accept this faith as a newborn child. You need to be, it's almost like you're born again into this faith. And Jesus then says back to the Pharisee, Nicodemus, the exact same language. Nicodemus, you have a need to be born again. And here's Nicodemus too. What is Nicodemus trusting in his life? Nicodemus is trusting his position in life. He's trusting his birthright as a man who's born a Jew, as a man who's born into being a Pharisee and a leader among the people. That's what he's trusting. That's what he's putting all of his hope into. And Jesus looks at Nicodemus and says, Nicodemus, you know all those things that you're putting your trust in, the things that you have because you were born into them. Nicodemus, you need to be born again. And it's not just that, but Jesus talks, and you saw the words there about being born of water in the spirit, and when he talks about those things, he's recalling Old Testament language from the book of Ezekiel, words that were written hundreds of years before that Nicodemus would have known, and those words speak of a complete renewal and regeneration spiritually that needs to happen inside of Nicodemus. And Jesus looks at Nicodemus and basically says this. Nicodemus. You've lived your entire life believing that you were an insider. But you are an outsider. In 2012, in 2012 there was a tour group in Iceland. And the tour group got off to tour a canyon. A Canyon that was made from volcanic ash and so the tour group got off the bus and they got into the canyon and they walked around And then the tour group uh, got back onto the bus at the end of the tour And the bus driver went through and he counted everyone that was supposed to be on the bus and he came up one short And so he thought and he counted again and he came up one short And the bus and the tour group waited one hour for this woman that they were missing. And they went through and everyone said, oh yeah, that, that, that woman that was sitting right here on the bus, she's not here anymore, she's missing. And so they all agreed who was missing and they waited for an hour and then they called Icelandic police and the police began to search. And then uh, there were helicopters involved and rescue dogs and all sorts of things. And a ent- huge search was undertaken for this woman who was missing. And everyone got off the bus and participated in the search. And as the search was going on, and it got into its ninth, 10th, and 11th hour, all of a sudden, a light began to go on in the heads of one of the people that was a part of the search team. And because of what people were saying and who they were looking for, one of the ladies who was a part of the search group, who was on the tour bus, who got off the tour bus to look, said to herself, I think they're all looking for me. And she went back to the driver, and she said, "Um, you know, when we got out of the canyon, I was sweaty and dirty, so I put on different clothes and I went to the bathroom and I freshened up my hair and my makeup and everything. I actually think you're looking for me and I've been here all along. And sure enough, that was the woman that they were all looking for. The bus driver had miscounted. He came up one short, but he had miscounted both times. And 12 hours were spent searching for this woman uh, and, and then she was there the whole time. And it wasn't until the 12th hour that a light went off that she said she realized she was found the entire time. But all of a sudden this light went off and now she thought, huh, I'm actually the one who's lost. And the same light's going off in Nicodemus' mind as he's talking to Jesus. He spent his entire life thinking he was found, part of the in-group, part of the insiders. And all of a sudden he's here at night with Jesus and the light is going off. I'm actually lost. I'm actually outside. And all those things I've been trusting for my entire life, the fact that I was born into something, the fact that people around me are so religious, the fact that I'm a good guy, Nicodemus is realizing that all those things can never give what they promise. We all think about God and it's the fact that some people are in and some people are out And when we think about why we are in, we use the same reasoning that Nicodemus was using. Nicodemus said, I'm a good person, and we say that too, I'm a good person. Nicodemus would say, I'm around religious things, and some of us rely on that. We're around religious things. Some of us, we have grandma's Bible on the shelf, that big, giant family Bible, or whatever the equivalent of that is for you. And we think to ourselves, you know, I'm not perfect, and I don't show up to church that much, but I'm so glad I have grandma's Bible, Because somehow we feel like that keeps us in with God. And some of us just trust that we were born into a good family, a good people. That we were all a part of the same church for a lot of years. And all of that's just going to be good enough. And Jesus comes to us and would say the exact same thing he said to Nicodemus. You think you're in but you're really out. In fact, there isn't a person that's been born on the face of this earth. There isn't one of us except for Jesus Christ himself who hasn't started outside of God's love. We assume that we're all in We assume that that's where we start, but we actually start out. And that's what Jesus is making clear to Nicodemus. But it's also not the end of the story. Here's what Jesus says next. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only son of God. And this is the judgment. The light has come into the world, and people loved the darkness rather than light, because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his works should be exposed." But whoever does what is true comes to the light, so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. You know, some people reject Jesus because they don't like the fact that Jesus, and then the the church is the extension of belief in Jesus, says to some people, you are in and you are out. And we don't like that. We don't like the fact that, that at the end of the day, some people make it to heaven and some people don't. And so some of us just reject the whole thing or we come to church because it makes us feel good, but we don't really believe that that's true. We come to church and we trust in Jesus Christ, but we don't necessarily fully believe that it's only the people that trust in Jesus that are in and the others um, are actually out. And I would suggest the reason we, we start that way, the reason we believe that is because we start from the wrong place. We start assuming that everybody is good and everybody's in, but the Bible starts at a different place. The Bible starts at the reality that God's given us a law and we have all broke it. God's told us what to do and we have not done it. God asked us to do things and we did them anyway. And that's called sin and that puts us out. And all of us are guilty of it. All of us suffer a broken relationship with God because of that sin. And so we assume that everyone starts in, in God's circle, and they work their way out if they're really bad. But the reality is we all start outside. John says it this way, that those who do not believe are condemned already because they have not believed. We want a fair system, don't we? We want God to have a fair system so that, so that the people that are good get in and the people that are bad get out. But here's the, here's the thing. If, if it's all just about who's good and who's bad, there's no fair system that exists. How do you draw the line? Who makes the decision? How do you know when you've done too many bad things? How do you know when you've done enough good things? How do you know on the scale between, between the worst person that's ever lived and Mother Teresa where you have to be to make it into heaven? For God to look down at us and say, hey, be good because the good people get in and don't be bad because the bad people are out would be, would be vague and completely unfair. We would have to wander around just hoping that we're doing enough. But the system that God gives us is clear and fair. We have all broken God's law. But God desires a relationship with every one of us. God loves you. And so he sends his son down to this earth. He sends Jesus Christ down to this earth to live the perfect life, to die on the cross, that anyone who puts their trust in him might be saved. It's as clear as clear can be. And Jesus is saying to Nicodemus, Nicodemus, you've lived your whole life thinking you were in. Really, you're out because you're a sinner like everybody else. But I am offering you an opportunity. I am inviting you, Nicodemus, to be in. And all you need to do is to put your belief and your trust in me. And the reality is that you and I, this isn't a popular message, it's not gonna play well in the world, but here's the reality you may think you're an insider. You may think you're on God's good side just for who you are and what you were born into, your good intentions and your good works, but like me, like everyone else, when it comes to God, because of sin and broken relationship, you are an outsider. There's this uh, story that Jesus tells Nicodemus in the middle of their conversation. You may have heard it quickly when I was reading through he says this to Nicodemus, As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. What in the world is Jesus talking about? So that the serpent was, so as the serpent was lifted up in the wilderness, so the Son of Man needs to be lifted up. Well, thousands of years before Jesus came around, there's this story of the Israelites, of the Jewish people, of Nicodemus' people, leaving slavery in Egypt. And you may remember, if you're familiar with the story, that they wandered through the desert for 40 years. Well, there was this moment in the desert that the people were grumbling and complaining. They didn't have enough food. They didn't have enough water. And in the midst of their grumbling and complaining, they began to be bit by deadly serpents out in the middle of the desert, and people were starting to die. And Moses went to God on behalf of the people and said, God, what are we supposed to do here? And God said to Moses, Moses, create a snake, create a serpent and put it up on a pole, lift it up and tell the people, if they look at the serpent, I will spare their life. And sure enough, Moses lifted up that snake onto a pole. The people looked at it and God spared their life. And I know that's, an, that's an, kind of an interesting story of people a long time ago, ancient people a long time ago. But Jesus is saying to Nicodemus, Nicodemus, you are in the exact same place place as those people who were being bit by the snakes in the middle of the wilderness. If you do not look to something for salvation, then you will die as those people died. And so just like the serpent was lifted up and the people looked to the serpent and were saved, Nicodemus, so the son of man is going to be lifted up. And if you look to him, you will be saved. Jesus is saying, Nicodemus, I am going to be lifted up. And if you look at me, I will be saved. And sure, you will be saved. And sure enough, very literally, Jesus was put on a cross and lifted up. And the promise is true and sure that those of us who would look to him will be saved. You may think you're an insider, but you're really an outsider. And Jesus invites you in. I'm going to invite our worship team to come forward as we close this morning. And I don't know where you are this morning. I don't know what you think about all of this. But I do know this. God loves you. And he has provided a savior for you. And you may not understand everything that we talked about this morning. You may not be able to grasp it all. The idea that we actually start outside of a relationship with God might be bothersome to you. But yet there's something speaking to your heart right now this morning that tells you it's true. Because you've tried everything else that's in this world that's supposed to make sense of it all. You did everything they told you to do. You thought maybe your career would make it happen. You thought maybe starting a family would fix everything. You thought that maybe if you did all the right things in the right way, that, that the life would come together and everything would be perfect. You've put all your trust in those things, but it just hasn't worked out the way you hoped it would. because the only thing that we can put our trust in and be sure of is Jesus Christ. The only thing that offers us a relationship with God here and now and in eternity is through Jesus. And so maybe today would be a day that you for the very first time would say, I believe and you would begin to follow him. Or maybe today would be a day that you would say, you know, I used to believe that a long time ago then I got off on my own thing. Maybe today's the day you come back. Come back to be reminded that Jesus is who he says he is. He's not just some great guy or some teacher that came here to tell us to be nice to people and love our enemies, that he's the savior of the world. So God, we come to you this morning. Hey, thanks again for listening to the podcast from Mount Hope's Belmont location. At Mount Hope, we gather in Belmont every Sunday at 10 a.m. and in Burlington at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. Each week that we gather, we do so to learn more about God, grow in our love for Him and others, and then we go to live lives driven by faith. If you live in the Burlington or Belmont, Massachusetts areas, we'd love for you to join us on a Sunday. Learn more about us by visiting our website at mounthope.org, m o u a t h o p e .dot o r g, or follow us on Twitter or Instagram at Mt Hope Belmont. Thanks again for joining us, and we look forward to having you listen again next week.